three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of First Ambition, a podcast that features those who take a leap of faith to follow their dreams and passion. Today I got my brother, you know, HU brother, East Coast brother, uh, I don't know, all kind of brother, man, um, president of Comb Enterprises, Tarek Brooks. What's up, man? Not only for yourself, doing it for the culture, because I know, you know, you know, I know what you bring to this table, brother. And I want the world to to understand who Tarek Brooks is. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Happy to be here. Happy, happy to get into it, man. It's, it's been far too long since we had a chance to get together and chop it up. So man. I'm looking forward to it, man. Man, listen, it's going to be a dope conversation. Let's get it started. Uh. Yo, man, I want people to know who you are, where your background is. So let people know your background. Um, I know you went to Howard, what you major in at Howard, and, you know, your first job out of college. Why not? Yeah, no, I'm happy to get into it, man. So, look, I grew up um, in Jersey, you know, central New Jersey, but also have real deep ties to, to Philly. All my extended families in the Philadelphia. I was actually born right outside of Philly. Oh, I right? spent most of my childhood you know, really going back and forth, doing school years in Jersey, summers in Philly. And so okay. it's interesting as I reflect on that now as an adult, I think about how that shaped my personality mm-hmm. to be able to get into situations, get comfortable, relate to different people in different circumstances. And so I think that factored in into a lot of, you know, how I became who I was, you know what I mean? Or, so you what, Philly that, uh, or Jersey had more of an impact on like, what's... Uh, I always thought you was. I, I, I always thought you was Jersey. Jersey. I, I'm, 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 I'm Jersey strong through and through for sure. Okay. But, 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 but the values of my fam in Philly, you know, okay. absolutely helped shape me. You know, what I, mean? oh, I there, never, some, I didn't know, I didn't know some, you had a Philly some, some, connect. Some core things, some core things that 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 family in Philly helped build and shape. You know, shout out to Southwest Philly. Shout out to Chester, Pennsylvania. That's that is literally where my people are from. And so, nice. Um, a lot about who I am come from that. And look, my dad has probably been the person who had the most impact on shaving me. And he's a Philly dude through and through. Right? Oh, word. And so, um, you know, he moved us to Jersey for more opportunity, you know, as he climbed his 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 road through the corporate ladder. Let me know um, a little bit about and, your dad. I don't, you know, I, I know yeah, he had man, a big so influence. Like, so, yeah, so 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 my dad, um, you know, was a guy who who built a career in corporate America you know, in that era where there weren't many of us kind of making that, making mm-hmm. that climb. Um, and eventually became the CEO of an organization called the Executive Leadership Council, which is basically an organization for those people. Like imagine in the 80s and 70s, you know, you had just a handful of brothers and sisters that were mm-hmm. in these buildings, in these rooms, and they needed each other to come together as support. Now, you know, it's a very big, impactful organization. And when you look at like the, the black CEOs that are out there, they're all a part of it and have, a, have a, a special relationship with ELC. And my dad, you know, as a part of his career journey, kind of led that organization for a while. Oh, nice. Um, I think he also like, you know, was that dad who was the little league coach. Like a lot of my oh, friends wow. Jersey know him from that, that loud mouth coach on the side. <laughs> so, you know, he, he balanced being able to, you know, focus on the career and do that thing, but be there for my sister and I. So oh, nice. um, I, I watched a lot of that as I, as I grew up and, and frankly have modeled, you know, a lot of what I've tried to do off that. Um, nice. You know, he went to an HBCU. He went to Hampton, which, you know, I don't hold that against him. Exactly. What happened when he told yeah, me when he, told yeah. me he was going to Howard? I mean, he knew his son was on the right path. That's what, <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened. Um, now, man, look, like he, he is, he is, he is a, a, a strong believer in the power of HBCUs and what, mm. they, what they give to us, right? That nice. special, unique opportunity. Uh, that confidence, that 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 second family, second home for a lot of us, and so uh, he he was he was ecstatic. I was going to Howard, you know. Could, wow. could what what made you choose so, Howard though? What made you choose Howard of all the HBCUs? Or- man, look, f- funny funny enough, um, you know, when I was in high school, I, I ran track, so I came out of high school with. I know this dog. I know none of this. To go to school and run, and opportunities to do you know, pursue academic scholarships. And, mm. you know, I felt like going the academic route was probably more in line with where I wanted to go long-term. And, okay. um, 
it's funny enough, when I was learning about Howard, I learned the story about this young guy who was a student who was, you know, taking classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays so that Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, he could shoot up to New York and work an unpaid internship. Oh, wow. So I heard this story and I'm like, yo, I want to be in school. You heard that story back then? Yeah, back then, like this is like, this is early nineties, right? So I'm I'm hearing about that. I'm like, yo, if that's how they move on that campus, that's where I want to be. I want to be with that kind of energy. And as you know, that that young man was Sean, you know, Puffy Combs, right? Right, 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 right. So just, it's funny how the story goes full circle. but yeah, and then once I arrived on the campus, I had that moment everybody did, right? And nah, they grew. You took so, over, dog. <laughs> G-Mo, nah, G-Mo, man, the whole crew, the rooftop crew. Nah, yeah, man. <laughs> y'all, y'all, I mean, I think I'm ahead, a year ahead of you. I was like, look at these youngins, dog. Like, yeah. nobody could tell y'all nothing. Yeah, man, look, I, I like the, the, the relationships, man. Like, when I think about, like, how impactful Howard was to me, it starts with those relationships, you know, mm. lifelong brothers, lifelong sisters, people I, I rely on now, people who I reach out to, people who I look out for, you know, like, I mean, I just heard, I, as you were saying this, I just recently heard about my sister, Terry Patterson, that was promoted to COO over at the wow. NFL Players Association. That, that's like Howard family mm-hmm. from day one. Like, and and I, I could go on and on naming people like that, right? Like just, just a super impressive you know, cohort of people I had the, the honor of being able to walk that campus with, including right, myself, right. bro. So like, so, so you know, uh, Howard is very, very special in my heart. And, and, and you know, the folks at Howard know they can call me for whatever because I'm gonna be there because uh, it was just that impactful and, and right. helping to shape who I am. Right. Um, but yeah, study, study business. Um, you know, as I went through, I knew I, I, I was, I was going to pursue a career in business, didn't know exactly what that was going to be. Mm-hmm. And so I was attracted to uh, management consulting because it gave me the opportunity to see a number of different industries and a number of different functions so that I could try right. to figure out what my what my lane was. And so I ended up going to uh, a company that is now Accenture. At that time, it was Anderson. Oh, word. That's what you did uh, straight out of college? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I was, I Yo, but Gmo, you're, you're not, you're not, a, you wasn't a lame at Howard, but you were smart as hell, <laughs> dude. Like, how are you able to, like, be that dude that was, like, you know, you know, the hot, you know, the, 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 the popular dude in, in the school and still keep your grades, bro. I, I, a lot of people can't do that, man. You, you, you did it on a sneak too. Uh, Nobody look, knew you was nah. you, you focused like that. Nah, I mean, but look, I, I think so more like, again, going back to like my family and my parents, like that, that story of when you first get there, look to your left, look to your right, somebody's not mm. going to be there. Like, mm. I couldn't be that, right? Right. Like, I couldn't be that. Like, I, 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 I cared too much about, you know, what my family had done to be able to get me there and the model that my pop set for me. And so it was like, right. I, I knew I had to live up to a very high bar. Right. And so that was one piece of it. But then, like, once you see this, you can actually do it, like, your competitive spirit kicks in. So now I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Like, you know, if, 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 if this is how we move in, like, I, I, I want to stay. I don't want to lose that seat. You know right, I mean? right, so, right, right. And then I learned, like, it opened up opportunities, right? Like, so I, I think about the things that I was, that I went into Howard with an understanding of really based on the exposure my dad had. Mm. When I got to Howard, it also showed me how much I didn't know. Mm. Right? Like, like, the worlds I didn't understand. Like, there were whole career fields that I had never heard of. I didn't understand right. why people had particular majors and what they were, like, it was just all new to me. And so... For me, I've always been like at my core, just super curious, right? Like mm. just, just trying to understand and learn more. And so that kind of just fueled it, right? right. Fueled it and opened doors. And so the beauty of going into consulting um, was it gave me a chance to say, like, all right, how does this industry work? How does that industry work? What's in it? What, you know, what, 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 what is appealing to me? What's getting me excited? And for me, it, it ended up being all around how people thinking about how people think about doing new things. Mm. So how, how do you decide? to launch a new venture? Like, how do you decide to roll out a new strategy and how do you, and you know, how does that work? Okay. What are your trade-offs? What do you consider? So that's what, what kind of drew me in and consulting. So did a lot of work with companies trying to figure out those kinds of things. Um, had, the, had the pleasure of being able to go, I was based in New York, but worked all around the country, spent, you know, almost a year in Ireland working on a project. Oh, say a word. How old were you around this time? This was, a year or two out of undergrad, so 2022, wow. 23, right? So <laughs> nice. for me, first time in Europe, understanding that, again, getting exposure. And it was like, 
the more I learned, the more I wanted to learn. Mm. So if I traveled to you know Paris one weekend, I wanted to go to Amsterdam there the next weekend. And go nice. to London, like because I, I just wanted to get that experience and learn. Right. And again, it was just opening and shaping my worldview. And it's crazy because I meet people who you know traveled from when they were young and had exposure. And I was like, man, people right. don't understand like the value of those kinds of experiences, right? And so even even like brothers and sisters that came to Howard from Africa or the Caribbean, like the fact that they had different worldviews to me yeah. was just was just like uh, amazing. Like I, I was, was attracted to every conversation I could have to learn more wow. about what the world was like to people. And so, so yeah, man, so that was, that, that, that kind of shaped my early opportunity and, 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 and kind of experiences. And then um, through a mentor at the consulting firm, I learned about at the time BET kind of figuring out what their venture was going to be on the internet. So, I remember running into you, dog. You were like, yo, I'm putting together the the the, the website for the internet um, for BT yeah, and it was gonna yeah, be big. Yeah. Oh, that this was, was in DC. That was a thing. I, that part was DC, this right? Was, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. So I came back. I, I moved to New York and then I moved back to DC um to join BET and work with a with a, just a great team of people and you know, built you know BET.com to be a pretty formidable competitor on the mm-hmm. internet, right? Like now. I'm sure young people just take it for granted. Like, of course, BT right. has a That BT. didn't exist but back then. Back then, yeah, like we had to think about like what that meant, like what were the features? How was it gonna utilize the technology? And so it, it was, It was again, like the ability to now apply what I had learned at Anderson, right? Mm. And so one of the things that, you know, shaped me while I was at Howard was a book I read called The Spook That Stopped By The Door. Mm. Right? And the premise of this book it was a fictional book, but the premise of the book was around the story of a guy named Dan Freeman, who was the first black CIA agent. And so Dan goes into the CIA and learns everything he can. Mm. And he goes back to Chicago, where he's from, and teaches like brothers in the hood everything he learned mm. from the CIA to start the revolution. Wow. And so I read this book and I was like, man, and, and, and basically thought like, why couldn't I do the same thing? But in business, in the corporate world, right? Mm. So when I went to Accenture, you know, I tried to soak up everything I had. I went to BET, which was then a Black-owned company. Right. Um, and, and tried to apply everything I learned, right? Like, try right. to give them, give, give, give the company the benefit of, of those years in consulting. Wow. And so had a great run there. Um, really enjoyed it. Got to work with some great people, build mentors that I have to this day. You know, the same mentors that were uh, helping me find my way then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our mentors that I rely on now. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, did that. You know, Bob eventually announced that he was selling BET to Viacom. You know, I took a shot, went out to Colorado to a telecom startup, figuring I was wow. going to make it, make it rich with the, you know, telecom <laughs> wave that was coming. Right, right, right. You know, the telecom bubble burst. Right. And so that, that company went bankrupt and then had to figure it out. So, you know, in, in a way that's kind of consistent with my personality, I, I took my little couple of coins, went to the Dominican Republic and posted up, you know, <laughs> learning Spanish during the morning and then applying wait a second, to wait a second, wait a second. in the afternoons. Yo, yo, somebody would naturally get another job, but you're just like, yo. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> like, I figured... What inspired you to go to DR, bro? No, like, I, so I, like, I figured it was... Like I figured that there are like unique opportunities in life where you get what I call lost time, where mm. meaning like you're not going to have to account for it on your resume. People right. don't really care about what you did. So like those are times to like take full advantage of and go just do different things and try stuff. So like think about the, the period of time, like from when you graduated from college to when you started working. Mm-hmm. Right? For most people, that's probably like a summer, but it's the summer where you can do whatever you want. You already have a job. So like, forget, like go right, take a chance. Right. Go do- and so for me, I was like, look, until I figure out what this next thing is, nobody's going to be looking for it. So I was like, why not try to try to get better at Spanish? And uh, <laughs> you picked up in the Dominican Republic. <laughs> so went, went to the DR and, and, and had an opportunity then to like focus on like, all right, if I'm going to think about getting an MBA, let's really be thoughtful about why I want to go and what I want to learn. Mm. So I had time to like you know, really go through that process in a good way. So I applied to school and ended up- While you were in the uh, DR, you applied for uh, school? Yep, yep. And that was was Harvard, of course. 
<laughs> yeah, ended up getting into Harvard Business School, man. Wow. Like I said, this cat was not a lame, bro. He was a total <laughs> opposite. And he had, you know what I'm saying? I'm just like impressed by his story so far, bro. <laughs> so, okay. How long were you in DR? So I was I was down there. So what's crazy is I, I, I went there the weekend before September 11th. And wow. So, like I literally was in Spanish class that morning when that happened. So like, wow. I will never forget that experience because I was not great at Spanish, but trying now to decipher what was going on in real time in Spanish. Right. You know, so right. I'm really trying to learn. Right, right, right. right. To, to digest everything going on. And so that that experience was, you know, traumatic for everybody. But it just stands out. And I was down there through that through the end of that year, came back, came back to D.C., um, you know, right at the, the beginning of the, the following year, I guess, 2002, because that was around when I would have had to do. You know, interviews for my, for my business school application. So right, you, right. you do the, you know, you do the application, you go to the test site, you take the test, and then you, you know, if you get to a certain level, you got to go do interviews. So I came back. What was that interview process like? You know, just for, you know, just give an insight in terms of the whole Harvard entrance experience. What Man. was that process like? So, so what I would say to anybody considering going to B school, I think, um, it's worth it to think about why you really want to go, what you're really trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And then as you're filling out your application packet, and that's everything from your essays to your recommendation to the form, like really, really tell that complete story. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I, I was successful in that process. I applied to a couple of schools, got into all of them. So I was fortunate to be able to have a choice on where I wanted to go. Nice. And I well, think it was because I was very, well, I, I got accepted to, um, to, to Stanford and Warren. Wow. So, okay. Top, and so, top, like, top. for me, and so for me, it was about like, all right, like, why do I want to go to this particular school, not mm. just an MBA program? And so, I think what worked for me was being thoughtful about each school. Like, if you actually really dig in, you'll see that each school is looking for something a little bit different. Right. Um, they're not exactly the same, you know, archetype. And so, I was very thoughtful about positioning myself for exactly what they were looking for and exactly what I wanted from that particular program. And so that's why I think that worked out okay for me. And I got, I had time. I wasn't working. I was in the DR, right? <laughs> right. Like, I had time to like, you know what I mean? Like if you think about like, if you're trying to apply for graduate school, but you're like working full time and if you like, it's hard. Like I got a ton of respect for anybody that like, right, right. School at night, you know, applies what they're working, applies what they have little kids, like all those things. Cause like the, the, the ability to just focus is something that like, I think people underestimate the value of. And so mm. for me, the, the ability to take the time and really just focus and be thoughtful, I think paid out. And so, and, and, and look, and I, I wouldn't replace my, my, my time at HBS for the world. Right? Like very right. similar to Howard, right? I met just incredible people built like lifelong friendships, you know, again, people who to this day, like I, I, I'm reaching out to to make connections, to pass on opportunities, to help somebody where I can. People help. Me how was the cult? How was the culture at Harvard? You know, um, especially for brothers and you know the black community yeah. at Harvard. So, how so was... what, what a lot of people don't know is is there is a a real legacy and tradition around you know black people. And even the subset of that, like they have black people from HBCUs that go to HBS and do phenomenally well, right? Mm. And I don't want to try to name names now because I, I feel like I leave somebody out. That right, right, right. Like, trust me when I tell you, like the the, the community is tight knit. Um, the organization, the African American Student Union, deep legacy, and, and, and you know the, the the names of people that come out of HBS that were a part of that who come who give back. It's just a phenomenal organization, and, and, and it's a, a core part of my experience there. Mm -hmm. um, and, and look, they're also meeting people from around the world, man. Like I, I have friends now in all kinds of countries that I met while there. Like I traveled to India with a group of people who were all friends I met in B school and, and, and experienced like how amazing that country is with people who were from there who could like right, actually right. tell me what it's really like. That kind of thing, and so and so yeah, man. Like it, it was a phenomenal experience. I, like I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of. Both of the schools where I attended, like I, I was going to say, I, which I, one impacted your your career more, Howard or HBS? Keep it one hundred, brother. Would, I would say, I, I would have to say Howard, man. I think Facts. Um, because because of the. I mean, look, leave aside the place that Howard is. Like, just think about where Howard gets you in your development. Right. Like you're, you're emerging from childhood into adulthood, trying to shape your view of the world. 
Mm. Right. And so like like the, the, the professors at Howard are molding these minds at this very moldable state. I think mm. when you get into B school, like, you know, a little bit like you don't know as much as you think, you know, because <laughs> when you get out, you realize I didn't actually know that much. But, but right. like, you have had some experiences that have shaped you differently than what you have at Howard. The other thing is, I think, you know, for black people in the U.S., a lot of us don't get to experience the uniqueness that is Howard or other HBCUs, right? Mm -hmm. Being in this environment for at least this period of time, you know, you can put the race thing aside for a second. Right. In that, in that We're the majority. You finally get to see what that feels like. Right. 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 <laughs> and, 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 and so many of us, like, we just take for granted feeling the other way. We don't recognize how, how, how comforting Right. It is to not have to worry about those things in that particular moment. And so, you know, like I got a ton of amazing friends that went to, to non HBCUs and they've done incredibly well. And so, like, I'm not saying you can't be successful anywhere else. I'm just saying there is a thing that you get on an HBCU camp Listen, that you're not going to get anywhere else. I drank the Kool-Aid, dog. I love how I'm thinking I'm going to take over the world. Honestly, bro. This is why I, I'm doing the things that I'm doing now, because I'm like, yo, it's possible. It could be done. And Howard, you know, instilled that in me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I think both of my schools had that in common, right? Like both schools, like drive home to you that like we chose you for a reason. Mm. Like we believe in the potential you have. And so now it's on you mm. to figure out how to maximize that potential. Right. You know, I mean, I mean, like, you know, literally like HBS has the same kind of energy it puts around the people. Like they select those people because they believe those people have a shot of being impactful in the right. world. And you know, you look at the track record, and a lot of impactful people have gone going down that road. Right. All right. So yeah, HBS. Man. Okay. I definitely. Um... So I do. I, I do do HBS, and uh, you know, I kind of figured I was going to go back into media, right? Because I had I had enjoyed my time at BET. The media space was continuing to evolve in all these exciting ways. Okay. Figured I would go that route, um, and then I, I learned that Bob Johnson was was building what is now RLJ Companies, right? Like hold on, hold on, hold on. I gotta, you know, I know the story you're about to tell. I just gotta tell this story first. You know, I'm on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on vacation. You know, St. Martin of all places in the club, and next thing I know, I heard cow. <laughs> I was like. Who the hell know my name up in here? This dude, Tarek, was posted up, you know, VIP bottle, like he owned the spot. Now, I know you about to tell that story how you got there. So I just wanted to let people know. Yeah, you know. Nah. so, nah, I mean, look, that was those great times. They bring back great memories. <laughs> International <bro>. man of <laughs> leisure I'm talking to right now. <laughs> Uh, so, so look, I, I, I um, again, through, through a mentor that said, look, before you decide what you're doing, go down and talk to Bob and his team. And so well, let's you know, see, you're talking to Bob like he's like easily accessible, like, no, look, I, I don't. So, so, so to be clear and like what, one of the things, Bob Johnson, we're talking about Bob Johnson, we're talking about Bob Johnson. So what you'll, what you'll find throughout my career is I've been extremely fortunate to work for some amazing individuals, mm. you know, particularly as it relates to like entrepreneurs who've, who've built something. Mm. Um, and, and so from that perspective, I believe I've had the chance to kind of learn from the best and, 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 you know, nobody, you know, fits that more than Bob, right? Like Bob, right. you know, built BET from a, a half a million dollar loan, right? Like mm. and built the monster that is BET. So, and then like everything he's done beyond that has just been out of this world too. And so when I had the opportunity to say like, look, you can sit in this organization as, and, and learn and learn from the best. See how he thinks about opportunities. See how he thinks mm. about what he wants to do. And so we, I kind of was talking about talking to his team about what that might look like, what role might make sense for me. And it turned out that you know Bob had a lot of relationships uh, in the Caribbean and was mm. interested in looking for opportunities in the gaming space. Mm. Um, gaming meaning like casino style gaming. So he went right, 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 and, and, and see what that opportunity was. So you know the question was you know. Do you want to, you know, freshly minted Harvard MBA, you know, 25, 26 years old, do you want to move to the Caribbean and try to build some businesses? <laughs> I mean, listen, bro, anybody would jump on that. You know yeah, what I'm saying? How can you turn that down, right? Like, how can you exactly. turn that down to be able to try to build businesses with a legend, you know, right. you know, and, and like in, you know, these 
beautiful countries, you know, get to beautiful. learn and, you know, travel and do all that stuff. I was like, yeah, sign me up, let's go. Right. So move, move, move from Boston uh, to the Caribbean. Wow. So, how was that? How was that experience? How was that experience? Um, so, so the funny thing is, so, so first it was amazing. It, it, it was everything anybody might think it would be like, whatever uh-huh. you think would be the dopest experience ever. Like it was that plus some. So, right. so, I'll, so I'll say that as a baseline, but, but for me, it was great because I went from this very like ivory tower, theoretical, almost philosophical, intellectual environment that was HBS, where you sat around and just thought about complex problems and what you might do in situations. Mm. And how, you know, you look at your spreadsheet and tells you what to do and figure it out. You know, moving to the Caribbean and starting from scratch, building these businesses, it was almost the opposite of that. It's like, no. You're on the you ground. Gotta, you gotta get your hands you dirty. Figure, this ain't no theory here. Yeah, so, and so it was, it was, it was great to, to, to go from one to the other because you know, it just it just gave me that that stage of development. Like it was mm. all good to have that theoretical, but this was the like wow hands and, and boots on the ground. What do you do? What do you do in these situations that a textbook didn't prepare you for? Right, right. And so, so how prepared so were you? How prepared were you um based on Harvard for that opportunity? Or is it something that you just had to like lean on your instincts, lean on your relationships, you know? How did how prepared so Harvard? Think, look, I think is I think is both right. And so, if you ask a question about how prepared is anyone for any situation they find themselves in, mm-hmm. I would argue that the most important step in preparation is belief that you can actually do it. Ooh, facts. Right, like you have to wake up in the morning with the audacity to be like, "Of course I can do it." Have I ever done it before? Nope. Do I know everything <laughs> it's going to take. Nope. Right. But I can do it. Right, right. You have to have that mentality, that right? confidence. Like, and, and one of the biggest compliments Bob ever gave me was to say, like, like he he felt like he could drop me in a situation in the mud. Wow. And I would figure out something. Like it might not be exactly what he wanted. It might not look the way, mm-hmm. but, but but I would figure out how to create you know value in that situation. And so that's kind of how it was, right? Like so. Yes, I relied on things I learned at Howard. Relationships mm. I built at Howard, mm. you know, things I learned during consulting, things I learned at BT, things I learned mm. like it was it, it wasn't one particular place. It was all those things that led to me being able to do, you know, a couple good things. There. I mean, built the built the business from scratch on the island of St. Kitts, built the business from scratch on the island of Barbados. You know, those businesses, you know, were able to get those to a point where they were profitable. Right. So wow. I had, had, a, had a good run down there over a couple of years. Um, and it wasn't program challenges like 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 one would expect, um, and, and and things to learn, and you know you, know, you take your lick sometimes, and so mm-hmm. you know you 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 go through all that. But net net, like I think I had a great run because, you know, I was I was internally confident in myself mm. that I had the ability to do it, but also open minded that there was a ton that I didn't know was going to have to learn. Wow! And so you know, you so drop, you're dropping jewels now. You're dropping jewels, brother. <laughs> No man, look, I, I I like to believe I avoided a couple of bricks because I was open minded enough to say like I don't know. Let me mm. go figure out. Let me go find somebody that can help me find the answer. Right. And so you know, I had a great run down there for how long were you down there? Five years or so. Okay. Years. And you were still in your twenties uh, at you know around that time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hit I hit thirty down there somewhere because I. You know, <laughs> I could imagine. Matter of fact, I remember your birthday party. And I couldn't, and I remember that, and I couldn't go. I got invited, I couldn't go, and I yeah, and I nah. sent my homegirl down, and she was like, "Yo, it was on point. It was, it was fire. It was fire." Nah, nah, we had we had a, we had a good time, but yeah, man, it was it was it was late twenties, you know, you know, t- just in my early thirties, and that was when. You know, Bob's team let me know that that Bob had, um, you know, met the president of Liberia at the Clinton Global Initiative. And, you know, for anybody that doesn't know about Liberia, Liberia went through a long period of civil war. Yeah. And um, the president at the time, Ellen Sirleaf Johnson, was the first female head of state in Africa. And she had a very ambitious plan to get Liberia back on track, get in the growth and rebuild the country. And so Bob was super impressed by her and committed to make an investment. And, you know, in the process of figuring out what that investment might be, he, he realized that like a part of what was dictating our team going over there to evaluate and try to understand what the opportunity was, was limited 
hotels. Like there weren't any new hotels built for like 20 years. And so Bob said, like, I know the hotel business. He has RLJ Hospitality that owns hundreds of hotels. So he knows that business inside now. And so he said, let's build a hotel over there. And so by the time I, I got the call, you know, the message was like, look, this thing is kind of behind the schedule. This thing is low over budget. We need you to go over there and figure it out. Wow. And so, you know, I left, you know, Barbados, which if you know the Caribbean <laughs> is a very comfortable, easy, nice, friendly, like it's right. nice. It's like a very easy place to be uh-huh. uh, and, and moved to Liberia, man. Moved to Liberia. Wow. To wow. How so, was that experience? How was that? You know, how was that culture that we're just recovering from a civil war? How was that yeah, environment? So, so at the point I went over there, we're probably three years out of civil war. Like a, a lot of the infrastructure you might expect to see somewhere else wasn't really in place. Um, but you could see it was a country that was wanting to kind of break out. And, you know, they had mm-hmm. a bunch of young people who wanted to put the past behind them and really build the country. Um, I think, you know, to this day, I still say that, that experience in Liberia was probably the most impactful period of my life. Mm-hmm. And it definitely required every aspect of my personality to get the work we had to get done. I mean, from, you know, what I learned in Philly, the Jersey, the right. Howard, the, like anything I ever learned, it took to figure it out. Like it was one of the, like, it was, in, in a sense, it was like fulfilling, right? Like mm-hmm. it, was, it was like that thing where you like, yo, this is what it feels like to use everything you have mm. to try to accomplish a goal. Right. And everything doesn't go right and you run into all kinds of problems. But like, but like knowing you're giving, like when you, people say, oh, you just got to give you all, like to know what that really feels like mm. is a special thing. So, and so, and so when I think about one, the ability to actually get a hotel built, get a hotel open. Wow. Our first guest, because of, you know, the scheduling, the president has scheduled this international event. And so our first guests were like heads of states from different mm-hmm. countries. And so to sit down that night on, on the deck and just look around and see this thing that was like... <laughs> Wow, I'm trying to visualize that now, bro. Like before you got there, it was just amazing, man. It was, it was, it was incredible. Like it was, it was, it was, like I said, it was the 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 most incredible experience I've ever had. And 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 you know, in as much as like as I travel through the Caribbean, I kind of take, you know, a, a part of me becomes that place. So like, right, I, I'm you know you know raised in Jersey, but like through my experience in the Caribbean, I'm part every island I was there, and I'm absolutely right. part Liberian. Right, right. I genuinely revert to my Liberian brothers and sisters as brothers and sisters because I, wow. like, I feel like that island is, is I mean, assume that country is, is, is like a home for me. Man. I, I love that place. I love the people. I love what we were able to build. I mean, our intent was to build it so that businesses could come and figure out, you know, y'all were like the first they, they, to kind of like show we need a place to kind of like, yeah, like we're, we're going to settle up here. We're going to get a block of rooms for three months and figure out what we're going to, it was that kind of thing. Mm. But then, you know, Ebola hit. And, oh. and so you didn't have, you know, businesses coming, but what you then did have is organizations like the Red Cross, doctors, uh-huh. is trying to come in and help. And so the hotel then became the kind of meeting point, the landing site for mm. that. So like, you know, while in one breath, like, you know, my intention was to build something to spur the economy and, and spur business growth. You know, it turned out at that time to be more useful as a place to get the country to help it needs to stop a crisis. You know right. And, and it was and, and it was a crisis that, you know, devastated the country in a lot of ways. But it, but it speaks to the resilience of the Liberian people that that they fought through that and that and that and they're building and they're growing and they're working. You know, that, that, that dude, how did them. you react when you were like somewhat like the epicenter of? You know the whole Ebola crisis. How did you? Know? So I wasn't. So I had already. So so from oh, a okay. time perspective. Oh, okay, you know, gotcha. I was there for about you know nine or so months straight, and then I would go back every other month for. A while. Oh, okay. By the time Ebola hit, I I had already kind of stopped. I, I was doing other. I was still working for Bob, but doing other things for him. Right. So at that point, I, I wasn't there. But but I mean, to know that you know friends, you know people that work for me, their children, their family were dying was hard, man. Wow. You know, hearing about, at this point, you're hearing about it kind of through Facebook, mm. you know, that you, that, 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 that you lose like dear friends, right? Like these, these were like, when you're, when you're living in a project that you're doing, the people who you're working with are your family, your right? family. That, yeah. That's the people you're relying on. And so like, when I talk about my Liberian family, like I, I lost family members. Mm. So, so, that, so it was tough, man. But, 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 you know, I, I, I was, you know, happy to see the country get through it, happy to see the country continuing to rebuild and, 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 and love that my, like this project that I would, that was, 
You're you know, a part of, dog. Deeply a part of, right? Like my blood, sweat, and tears are in that sand on that wow. beach where that hotel is. And so it feels good, man. It feels good to be able to do something like that. Right. And, you know, came back to the States, worked on a number of different projects for, um, for Bob and other industries, just trying to, you know, doing the, doing what I do, like, you know, mm -hmm. figuring out an opportunity, trying to build something that creates value um, and kind of building that up. And so did that for a little while, then tried to take another shot at jumping out into the startup world and jump out on my own. And so I, 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 I moved to Jamaica <laughs> and, and took a shot. <laughs> took what a what, what startup was in Jamaica, bro? Nah, so I, look, I, I had done the gaming stuff in the Caribbean, so I figured like, you know, maybe I could run that play, you know, mm -hmm. on my own. I'd done it for Bob a couple of times. So I was like, maybe I could figure out how to run that, run that play on my own. So I, I went down there and, um, you know, was promptly humbled. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> promptly humbled. Like it, how it, was that it, experience, it, bro? It, no, look, it, look it, starting a business anytime, anywhere is hard, right? Like, mm. I just act against you. Like, you know, and, and any, any entrepreneurs worth their salt will tell you, like, you know, the, 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 the spread between success and failure is a very thin line. So... You know, my hat is always off to people who've done that thing successfully. Um, you know, down there, I think what I what I had a, what I underestimated um, was how much you know bureaucracy, government regulation, mm. those kind of things can slow you down. And in a world where you're trying to stay liquid and stay scrappy, right? You know, you know, you, you may not be able to you know hang Time on money. long enough to get to right. the other side, right? And so. And, and in my situation, like I had to get to a point where I said, like, this was a shot. I got to call it. it. It didn't. It didn't work the way. Oh, wow. I do it. But, but it was. A, but it was a great learning. Like I don't. I don't. I don't. You know, wish that I didn't go through that. Like I, mm -hmm. I don't wish another path for myself because I learned a lot. I learned a lot about being an entrepreneur. I learned about how to fall down and get back up. Like that's mm -hmm. just that's just a part of what it is. Um, came back to the states and learned about a company called Bridgewater Associates through a classmate at HBS. Mm. And, you know, Bridgewater Associates is, is the, the largest hedge fund in the world. Mm. And, um, you know, it's known for having a very intense, very rigorous culture um, that, that they believe in that environment, like helps mold, get the best out of people. The whole notion of like iron mm. sharpens iron. So we have to right. be really hard on each other. We have to be really critical. We have to be really transparent. And that's going to bring out the best in each other. And so, you know, at first I was a little wary because I'm like, I've never really worked at a hedge fund before. Not really my thing. I'm the guy that built the hotel. Like, right, right, right. But, but, but the more I learned about this culture, there was a part of me that was like, man, this is interesting. I want to be a part of that. And then there was a part of a like, you know, can I hack it? Like, like right, know, right, right, right. I, I know I can hack some things, but can I hack that? Right. Right. And so, you know, was a pit. And then the, 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 the guy who ended up hiring me, at a certain point, we were trying to figure out like what I would do there. And we had like a, a real frank conversation. I was like, look, I, I, I like the culture. I like the people I met. I'm not sure what you would have me do here. And he just said to me, he was like, look, in your career, you've shown the ability to get difficult shit done. Right. And we try to do a bunch of difficult shit every day. Wow. So we'll get you in and we'll figure it out. And so I ended up coming into their like, you know, senior management program and functioned as the, the, the chief operating officer for a couple of different departments. And so okay. you know, did, ran the budget, ran recruiting, ran special projects. How big is this company? Office. How, you know, in terms so, of- So Bridgewater Associates is about 1500 people. They manage something like $160 billion worth of assets um, based in Connecticut. So so in the hedge fund world, you know, they're a big deal. It's a big, yeah, yeah. It's a big company. And you were- but, and The you gentleman were that's the, the founder is a guy named Ray Dalio. He's a very famous, very successful investor. And so- uh -huh. um, so look, like everywhere else in my life, I went there and just tried to soak it all up. I went, went there yeah. and, and learned from the best, right? Like these people in a lot of folks' eyes, that the type of investing they do, they're considered amongst the best at it. So my view was like, I'm just going to learn from the best while I'm here. And so I had a great run doing that for a couple of years. You know, as always, accumulated a couple more mentors. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Yo, talk and about then, mentors. Take about mentors. I know Bob and your father, you, you talked about those guys, you know, those individuals a lot. Who else? You know, yeah, so so um, Scott name Mills, drop a little bit, name drop Scott a little bit. Mills, who is now the president of um, BET, mm -hmm. uh, was my boss at BET many years ago, um, mm -hmm. and then ended up, funny enough, being the person that introduced me to Puff. Um, oh, okay. So 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 he he's a, he's a mentor. Uh, Lisa Wardell, who is the CEO of Ad Talum, um, you know, public company, black female CEO. She's a, she's a monster. 
um, been a mentor, you know, since I was at Accenture, you know, since those early days. Right? Mm. And, and it's kind of consistently mentored me throughout my career. Um, yeah, man, like I've I, I've just been fortunate, man, to have people I could turn to who know, you know, what I bring to the table, um, and then and then help me figure out how to make those hard decisions. Um, Jim wow. Lowry, who is, you know, I, I think he might have been like the first black partner at McKinsey or something like that. You know, uh-huh. he had a long career at BCG, great mentor to me. So, uh, you know, I could it's always. I could go on and on, but I'm worried I'll leave people out because I've literally had right. so many people who like, So you have so many and, mentors. And, How do you keep in contact with these individuals? Because a lot of times we just so busy trying to figure things out. We kind of lose contact and life, life gets in the way. You know what I'm saying? Did you make it a special point to make sure you, you know, you, you know, you yeah, reach one out? Of the, one of the things I try to do, and it, and it seems like a small thing, but I think it actually works is like, if somebody crosses your mind, hit them. Mm. Shoot, shoot them a quick text, shoot them right. a quick email, right? Like when things happen in your life that you can give people updates about, shoot the updates. They, mm. they, they actually care. And, right. and, and typically in those things like in life, there's never too much good news, right? Like so people that care about you want to hear good news about you, right? So the birth of your child, the new job, the mm. move to a different city, like those, those things. I, I've never been one that's good at like the holiday cards and that thing. I right, wish I right, was. Right. But, but I'm not really good at that thing. But but I, I do try to be pretty good about just checking in with people and just, mm. you know. Just, you know the little, doing the little things, you know, doing the little thing, it adds up. Yeah, man, like, especially like when you think about the year we just had with the pandemic and all that, man, you never know what people right. are going through during this right. time. So, right, right. The, the value of just checking in on people is just a real thing, man. Like, yeah, yeah. Y'all listen, based off your story so far, man, relationships has been the most important, you know, commodity in your journey bro like you know that's dope i've i've always tried to make sure my world was filled with people i can learn from Mm. and those don't always have to be people who are older than you be people younger than you have different experiences people that have you know done different things than you've done you know like that that, there's always something you can learn from people and and i think i've been pretty good about staying open-minded about learning Mm. and and i think i think that's what's been helpful to me right like, right. like I, I've, I've never felt like i know it all right and so i'm mm. always asking questions and so that that enables me to continue to learn and grow and you know helps build you know the way i think helps build creativity and i think those things kind of help long term right right i also oh, bridgewater i yeah. think from bridgewater so, uh-huh. go ahead so from bridgewater i ended up getting like i said scott mills um you know i talked to him about my experience at bridgewater and what i what i explained was like look amazing company filled with super intelligent people doing great work every day. Um, but I feel like it's not going to be a place where it's going to require all of me mm. in the same way that Liberia required all of me. And I know what that feels like. He was so bored. Huh? Like you were bored. You sound like you was bored. I, 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 won't, I, won't, <laughs> I, I, I would never say that. Like, they're, they're, they're like, trust me when I tell you, there is nobody who's had the fortune of working at Bridgewater that would ever say they were bored while they were okay. there. So like, so, so trust me when I tell you, it was not boredom. Um, but it was more of that sense of, I know all of what I can bring to the table. And just practically speaking, a lot of those things aren't needed in that environment. It's just mm, different, gotcha. different. Like what they do to create value doesn't require some of the things I bring to the table. And so there was a little bit of searching for that, trying to figure out what that thing was. And when, um, you know, Scott said, look, I heard Puff is thinking about, you know, adding somebody to his team. You should meet him. And, you know, he and I spent, we met and probably spent like six or seven months just staying in touch, just trying to get to work and, and, and kind of understand where he was and what he wanted to do next and where I was and what I wanted to do next and figure uh-huh. it out. So we, it wasn't like a rush thing. It wasn't a, mm-hmm. you know, on the spot, you know, that kind of thing. It was more of a like, let's just take time. And he would send me a note sometimes and say, well, what do you think about this thing? And I'd give him some thought, like, so he could literally oh, wow. learn, like, how I think about things. So we, we, we built a bit of a relationship. And then at a certain point, we're like, look, let's, let's try it. Let's see if it works. Wow. And so I initially joined um, as his chief of staff, just to kind of get my head around what, what, you know, what goes on here. And, you know, today I'm the president. What was that environment like, bro? Like you come from a, a hedge fund environment and now you're chief of staff of Comb Enterprises. What was that? What was that vibe like? What was that structure like, you know? Yeah, I think um, what was similar was that 
there were a lot of moving pieces that moved very fast. And so this ability to quickly understand how things were moving around you and be able to separate what was important and what was noise is similar in both environments. I think what was unique for me in my experience is um, Cones Enterprises, um, where I sit here, is much closer to creative than I had ever mm. been in my career before. Like before, I was always much closer to the business side and the numbers and all that thing. And just by definition of what Combs Enterprise is and who Puff is, like you're closer to the creative just by, by how he creates value. And so that was a learning curve for me because frankly, creative people think different from the way numbers people think. So understanding right. how to communicate, how to motivate, how to inspire, how to incentivize people was just a different thing. So um, that was a part of the learning curve here. We're really trying to understand like what, how was value really created and how do you motivate people to do the things that are going to create value? So, right. So you guys constantly creating value and creating yeah, relevance. Yeah. And, 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 and look, the beautiful thing about this place, you know, the, the legacy that I, it wasn't like Liberia where I, or, or even in the crib when I walked in, there was nothing I had to figure that thing out. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, by the time I joined, you know, bad boys, rock. Right, John. You know, like you, you. I was standing on the shoulders of giants already. Right, like, right. You, you know what I mean. So it was, right. it was more around figuring out, you know, what 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 Puff's next mountain was going to be, and how I could be impactful in helping to, to shape that thing. Right. Because right? that 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 was more well, like his his track. He he could retire tomorrow, and nobody would have a question like his track record. Right. <laughs> right. right. So Dude, it's, Puff was so the nineties, bro. About, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't about like trying to figure out how to do anything from scratch. It's about like where are things, what can be improved while still keeping the the core, and right. how do you make that better and how do you build from there. That that was that was what the challenge was for me is figuring out how I could have value that way. Right. Okay. So apparently you figured out value because cheap is staff. Yeah, man. Look, it's been a it's been a it's been a good run. Like I said, it, it like it is a company that just has it's filled with you know, amazing legacy, you know, super strong assets. Um, and like the people. What are some of the assets? You know, I know Puff is the main asset, so, but. So, but yeah, I mean, like, 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 like he is the ultimate cheat code, right? Because mm-hmm. you're leveraging <laughs> his platform, his celebrity, like you can communicate with millions of people cheaper than a lot of people can do it, right? So like, it's uh-huh. so efficient in that way. But like, when you think about the actual products, like what, what is it that we go out and sell, right? If it's bad boy records music. You talk about mm. Sirac Vodka, Deleon Tequila, Revolt, TV and Digital Network, uh, Aqua Hydrate, Sean John, Capital wow. Prep, our charter school. Like these, these are tremendous assets. Like these are very valuable entities. Right, right, right. So, so again, it wasn't like I had to, I was tasked with trying to figure out what those things are. It was mainly saying, all right, look at this portfolio of assets. What can we do? And they're kind of like all over the place. So you kind of have to... The, on the surface, they, they they look that way, but 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 I think the magic, like if I'm doing my job well, I'm figuring out ways to make sure the different companies are working together to mm. make one plus one equal four. Right. Right. So if Revolt is learning something about the way young people who love hip hop think, like that information has to get to Ciroc when they're thinking about design and marketing campaign. Wow. Right. Okay. right? And that information that they learn from the retailers needs to be able to get to Aquahydrate when they're figuring out how to sell. Like, and, it, and if you have that information flowing, mm. right, I, I kind of describe it as not plan fair. Like big companies right. will call it economies of scale or synergies. Right, right, right. It, it is looking for those things that you that like you can do because you have these assets that don't appear connected on the surface. But right. There are through lines that connect them all. Right, right. So I, I think I, I think um, you know that's the power in the ecosystem that way. Right. How big is um, how big is the company? How big is your you know the whole? Yeah, I mean, look, we we don't get into publicly disclosing numbers because it's like, a private. I respect that. I respect that. What I tell you is is you know if you add up all the people across the board, you you know across all the different companies, you're probably looking at two two hundred fifty people. Okay. Very diverse team. You know, pretty evenly split women and men. You know, about forty percent black, twenty percent Latino, twenty percent white. Like, nice. Very diverse. Like we 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 look like a company of the future. You know? Right, right, <laughs> right, right. And, right. So, and so, um, so proud, proud. And then when I look at the, the the leadership team that I frankly rely on to help get things done, just incredible people, incredible, incredible people who lead each of the different business units and the different teams. Uh huh. Um, and so, and, and look, we're 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 doing well, man. Our, our, our spirits business is up strong. 
media business up strong. We have a bunch of new things that we're developing that, you know, over the next we'll call it six, 12 months, there'll be some announcements that we're really proud of. Nice. We built a platform last year called Our Fair Share to help, you know, businesses um, yeah. access to PPP loans. Right. Right. And 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 we've been super impactful, right? Like we partnered right. with JP Morgan, PayPal, Square, Cabot, like these companies that um, you know, try to do a lot, see the value of partnering with us to help us reach our community because we're the best at it. Right. So you all man, you came in as chief of staff, now you're president. How were you able to ascend so so quickly? You know, Puff really you know, I trust was so I think, um, like I said before, it starts with the belief that I can mm. do it, right? And again, great, great mentorship, right? When I right. when I came on board, people like Derek Ferguson, people like Dia Sims, made sure I knew how things work, made sure I knew the history, made sure I knew all the things to watch out for that could that could you know blow me up. Mm. And so and then I and then I was willing to just do the work, right? Like mm. I think I think you know the results matter, right? So being able to put the points on the board and being able to kind of jump in and be impactful. And so I think when, when you have people that want to help you land well and you have that deep desire to want to succeed, like good things happen. Nice. And so, you know, and, and I, I, can't, I can't leave out like Andre Harrell. Andre Harrell was another person who mm. would take the time to make sure I understood how this world worked. Mm. So again, like another person who's super impactful to make sure like I was doing, you know, doing well as I tried to move through everything we were trying to accomplish. Yo, I heard Puff is a hard boss to work for, bro. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, so, so yes. Short answer is yes. I mean, he's a creative. Um, is it because I, I, he's I a say, creative? He got so much I, things? I think, so I, I think where Puff, Ray Dalio, Bob Johnson, all these people are similar is they have a high, high bar for quality mm. in, in, what, in their respective fields. And so that's the first thing that makes him hard is like, like he, he's not going to settle for anything less than excellence, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the bar. Um, two, you know, he, he's, he's creative. And in, and in some ways, like I would even call him like an optimist. Like he has no constraints on what he thinks is possible. Mm. So that, so right, that means right. where you, the executor, you now got to go figure out how to make that thing a reality. But like, like he doesn't, he, he, he believes anything is possible. Genuinely. Wow. So, and so and so you have to receive that in a way that that kind of mirrors that optimism and say like yo i know there's a solution out there i just got to find it mm-hmm. i think if you're not able to approach it that way i think then you end up with that that yeah right say, like, right, right right you know, you know what i mean and so, and so i think i think it, it certainly takes a certain personality type to make it work but like for me, I, I like that. Like my dad was hard on me, right? Mm. Like I, I want my bosses to be hard on me because because to me, like I think about like every coach I ever had in every sport. Right, if right. They weren't hard on you. Would you have been able to get to that level of performance you were able to get to? Right, right. And to me, like I, I like I like competing. I like winning, right? And so, mm. like, so I want to be pushed to that best level of performance because that's what I want. Like sometimes when I talk to people about Bridgewater, I, I use the analogy. I didn't make this up. Somebody at Bridgewater did was like. If you and I went to go get like a golf lesson, right? We, we left right now, we go to a golf course, we get a lesson. If all that golf coach did the whole time was tell you, good job, you're trying hard, da, da, da. We would never pay for another lesson from that golf course. Mm-hmm. But if he said, you know, put your hands like this, nope, your shoulders were wrong, nope, your wrists were wrong, you didn't use your knees. Like, that's hard because he's giving you this critical feedback, but he's mm. pushing you to get better. And to right. me, like that, that's where, you know, that, that, that's how you, you learn how to do that nice, that yeah, perfect yeah. swing. You learn yeah. that perfect swing. And if you go to the gym and you don't sweat, you're not going to get any stronger right. or any more fit. Right. You're going right. in and sweat and tremble a little bit. The next time you're going to be stronger, <laughs> right? Right. Like you need, like that, that, that's a part of what we need to get to our greatness. Like we got to get pushed. And so, like, right. you're getting brolic right now, huh? You're brolic already. You're going to be the person now. Look, man, I'm just, trying, I'm just trying to be the best me I can be, bro. Like, like, right. Right. Like, right. And I think. I know with my personality type, I benefit from being around and working with folks who are willing to push me to say, like, you got more. Mm. You got more. Like, right, you know I mean? right. So, and I think for, if, if somebody wanted to be successful at Combs Enterprises, they got to come in and know, like, that's how we roll here. Like, mm. people that work here and are successful, they actually like working hard. Mm. Like, they also like winning, right? Like, they mm. like doing the thing where people say, oh, that's what they do. <laughs> right, right, like, right. That, like, they want, like, they like that. that's the energy they, they thrive on. And so, right. And I, think, and I think that's what makes fun. And so when you hear, 
like puffing the ad libs, talking about can't stop, won't stop. Like we live it. Like that, mm. that, that's how we move every day. Wow. And, and I think for the person that wants that energy, I think it's a great place to be. Mm-hmm. All right, you know, you said you um, you came when a lot of things were established, Bad Boy, Rock, all these different entities that Puff got going on. What is going to be your impact in terms of elevating everything to the next level? What's what's your goals and from that perspective? Yeah, so look, there's a there's a handful of new things that I think you know are going to be very very impactful. I think our fair share was just one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, we, 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 we supported and, and kind of resourced the funding of our Black Party. That was another new thing that, mm-hmm. that happened last year. There's some other initiatives I think are important. I think that continues success of the platform, right? Like if you get a platform that's working, which you try your best not to do is have it stop working on your watch, right? Right, 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 right. So right. To, the extent, to the extent I can help continue, fuel, accelerate the growth of those things. Um, and just as important is, is, is how the people that come through you know, this ecosystem evolve and develop and grow. Mm. Right? So I, I, I love the idea of like somebody who's a junior person with us now, maybe a couple of years from now is running their own business or as an executive nice. somewhere. Maybe, maybe they're still here. Maybe they're in my seat. Like that's right. success, right? Like, like right. to be able to help and shape and mold a career to, to, to have some people do bigger things than they were doing when you met them, I think is important, right? So like right. When, I, when I assess my own performance, you know, I think about the financial outcomes, you know, did of course. We funny? Are we yeah. better than we were before? But I also think about how are people developing? Like, are they mm. getting stronger? Are they learning? You know, are you shaping those things? You know, are we are we bringing in interns like how Andre brought in Puff as an intern so many years? Right, ago? right, right, right. Continuing that tradition, right? So, like, those are the kind of things I, I, I think about when when I assess like if I'm successful, what is that going to look like? Right. You know, people. And then, and then there's a through line of like everything we do like has some some piece of for our community, for our people, mm. right? Like for, for the culture, the for the culture. For the culture, to, to, the, to the extent I'm helping to create opportunities for the culture and for the people that don't exist, then I think I'm doing a good job. And, right. and to me, you know, it's to spook the sap out of the door. You know, I went right. from Accenture to Bob, to Bridgewater, or, or to HBS, to RLJ, to Bridgewater, Combs Enterprises, like it's I, all I'm doing is taking everything I can learn from those organizations that operate at a certain level of excellence and bringing them back to our people. So if I can keep right. doing that, like I'm, I'm a happy, I'm a happy guy. Right. Yo, I, I, yo, listen, I see you got a book in your brother. Yeah, you know, you, your stories are amazing. <laughs> like, and you're not like no, oh, I went to this corporation, I went to this corporation. No, I, I, I started this opportunity, I did that, I move on to this next opportunity. And it seems like every opportunity was more challenging, you know, you know, and 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 and, and whatnot. So what's what's your legacy, man? What's your legacy gonna be like, you know? If if you was to write that book right now, like I know you referenced the spoof that um sat by the door what 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 people gonna look at your journey your life what it's gonna look like what what are you gonna leave behind bro man look i I think you know all all i want to be able to do is you know when i die look at god and be like i did everything i could with everything you gave me facts and if if that's what i can say then i'm gonna feel good about it i think in terms of leaving behind i got you know, beautiful children, and I'm hoping I'm. How many? How many kids you have now? Kind of, kind of. I, I have, a, I have a, a stepdaughter who's in her early twenties, and I have a, a nine-year-old son, and I have a, a six-year-old daughter. Oh wow! That's so a fan, if, fan. If if they are able to be productive, happy members of society, striving to make this place better than it was when they got here, that I, that again, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. You know. Yeah, man. I know your pops is proud, bro. Setting for them. Yeah, man. Like he's, he's he's feeling good, man. He's he's feeling good. Like I think I think he recognizes that the work put in was worth it, right? Not just right, me. right. I'm, I'm doing all right, but I got I got a sister who's a PhD entrepreneur. Um, she went to she made the mistake of going to Hampton too, but then went to Howard for, <laughs> for, her, for her PhD. So she 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 righted that wrong along the way. Uh-huh. But, um, and, and she's you know doing phenomenally well. Published researcher, blah. You know, I can wow. go on about her. So. So, so I think I think my parents feel pretty good. You know, I yeah, think they man. Feel pretty good about, about about how they shaped us, and and certainly for me, um, set the model for how I'm gonna try to shape my kids as I. Yo, as man. I, as I kind of mold them. 
I'm sure they're, you know, I'm sure they're watching and learning like how you was watching your father and learning and picking up things, you know, and that's so invaluable, right? You know what I'm saying? You know, coming from a, a, a legacy of success and winning, you know, mm-hmm. goes a long way. I, I, it makes sense now. It makes sense how you were able to move so 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 effortlessly, you know, and winning at the same time. Yeah, I, I wouldn't call it effortlessly, bro. Man, you made <laughs> like, it look. It, you, you made it. You made it look easy. <laughs> no, no, no. Like I, I, I like I, 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 pride, I like to pride myself on being able to work hard, being able to mm. dig in. So, and, and again, that's just another thing I wanna, I wanna instill in my kids, man. I, I want them to like appreciate and like that feeling of uh, right. digging and working hard. Right. Right. right? Like that. Like like that. Like understand the joy that comes with that. Being able to, you know do hard work and, 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 and see the benefit from it, see the reward, nice. both in the process and in the outcomes. Nice, Because nice. the outcomes won't always match, right? Like I worked hard in Jamaica and that thing was flop. <laughs> right. But, but like, but, but I wouldn't change it for the world. I loved it. I enjoyed the right. experience because of what it taught me, what I learned about myself, what I learned about business, that, that will happen. But like right. in, in life, the, the winners are the people who get up and like nobody remembers the people I said, nobody remembers the shots that Jordan didn't make or mm-hmm. like Kobe didn't make. Right, they 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 but give him the ball again. He's gonna shoot again, and then he's right. gonna want that ball when there's three seconds left. Right, and you you don't want to want that ball with three mentality. seconds. That that's my mentality. Like like it, like I I want the rock right, and I'm gonna nice. win or die by that by that work I put in. So nice, um, yeah man. Yo man, um, last question. Uh, you seem to have like a really amazing journey career wise and just overall life, man. What is the single best advice you ever got that kind of you kind of lean on as you move through these different spaces, you know, through career and through life. I, I would say, um, like as as anybody is trying to figure out what they're gonna do with their life, how they're gonna spend their time, and to make choices. Like the quality of your life is basically the the, the sum of the choices you make, mm. right? Like it's not it, for most people. You know, it's not any one choice, just the sum of those choices, right? Mm. And so what I would say is as you're thinking about the choices you make, like work hard to be truthful with yourself. Mm. And so that's anything from like choosing a partner to choosing a career path, to choosing who you're gonna work with, to choosing where you're gonna live, like really really work hard to be truthful with yourself, right? Mm. Because I've found the people who seem to be most fulfilled are people who spend the most time with doing things they like and spending time with people they like. Facts, especially right? so now like, during yeah, a pandemic. So, <laughs> yeah, like, 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 and that's the thing people say, like, if, 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 if you if you pick the right career for yourself, you never work a day, or you like, I would, I would say it, like, yeah, you work, like, that's not like, 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 but, but you enjoy the work because mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're walking in your purpose, you're being true to yourself. And so I think, I think there's something about like, not chasing money, not chasing accolades, like chase that thing that you just love. Like what, what makes you happy? Like what, what what's going to wake you up before the alarm clock in the morning? Cause you can't wait to go do it. Like, right. Do that thing. Right. Like every successful people, person I know is like that, right? Like if you see like Ray Dalio, when you, when you hear him talk about investing, like you can tell like that dude really loves. Mm. It's his, right. his joy. He's not waking up every morning doing that for money. Right. You know, Sean Cohn's in a studio, like making music, like that's like that. That's love, like like. And so I'm just saying, like whatever that is for you, like don't be afraid to chase that thing because nothing else is gonna be any more fulfilling. For me, it's trying to figure out how to build. Car. Like I like, I, I like this is what I like to do. Like, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. I, I genuinely enjoy this, right? So, like, right. and when I'm not doing this, I'm with my family. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Like, and, right. And, 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 and I'm, I'm so so for me, like for a perfect example, and I'm I don't want to go on too long, but just the whole idea of. When I finish business school, do I go do the typical thing that people do, right? Going to banking or private ed- Nothing wrong with the people who've done that and done very well. I'm happy for them. But for me, it was like, oh, wait, I get to go build some businesses <laughs> in the Caribbean amongst my people? Right. I'm like, even if this doesn't work, what's the worst outcome? I got to right, find another right. job, but I would have had this. Ex- you know what I'm saying? So it's like that kind of thing. And so like, for me, like that's where it all starts. Like if you spend the time trying to really understand what makes you happy and then focus as much of your time as you can doing that, you're more likely to end up happy. Yo, man. Appreciate you, man.
Y'all, listen, you drop so many jewels. I'm, I can't oh, wait for the always, book, bro. brother. I can't wait for the book. I can't wait for the no, book. Still, still I'll be the work to do before we talk about a book. Man, you could do you could do different different. You could do a series, man. I feel like you know we got so many um, jewels just by telling your story. Nah, you know what I'm saying? There's so many jewels that I feel like the culture and people in general need to kind of lay because, like you said, people chasing the money, people chasing the fame. You know, people chasing things that don't really matter. But you you really stay true to who you were. Or who you are, and and you know you go that route. You trust your journey. You trust yourself, man. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. This yo, is man. great, man. I enjoyed it, though, family. Yo, fam, yo, appreciate you, man. Listen, I've known you so many, so long. I, I this is, <laughs> I, I've never learned so much about you until this conversation, bro. <laughs> so I appreciate you spending uh, time to really, you know, sharing your stories and your journeys and your challenges and all that, man. Yo, and keep doing right, your thing, brother, man. You're definitely doing it for the culture. People paying attention. You know, Howard is always proud. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, man. HU family forever, man. You know what that is. Yeah, you know what it is. You know. <laughs> all right, my brother. All right, man. Have a good one, man. Thanks a lot, man. You too. Absolutely. All right, peace. Peace. What up, what up, what up? Thank you for listening to another episode of Reverse Ambition. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and got some inspiring nuggets. Before you go, though, please remember to subscribe so you'll be alerted when the next episode is dropped. You don't want to miss out. And remember, it's never too late to leave to follow your dream or your passion. Go always lead back. Live your life with no regrets. Until next time, my name is Kelsey Cooper, a.k.a. The Social Broker. Peace.